Recording live from the Jackson County Empower College and Career Center, this is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Hello again, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon. Welcome to Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I've got with me today two guests, two amazing guests here in the Jackson County area. Mr. Steve Wittry from Relationship Edge Consulting. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm always good. And I also have with me John Parham from Fish Window Cleaning. John, you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're always welcome. You're always welcome. John, grab you a cup of coffee. I'm going to talk to Steve for a few minutes. We'll come back to you if that is all right. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Steve, you haven't run off yet, have you? No, I'm still with you. Hanging in there. That's good. That's important. That'd be a, that'd be a really quick podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, before we uh, get going, I must give a quick shout out to, to the man behind the scenes running the board for us, Mr. Mike Salmon, the amazing Mr. Mike Salmon. He's waving. We cut his mic off as usual. <laughs> Uh, but yet he has that. Sorry, Steve. See, see what happens when you give people credit. Steve, tell us a little bit about the man. We'll, we'll talk about relationship uh, edge consulting here in a moment. But tell us a little bit a little bit about the man and how you got to this point. Well, it, it's been an interesting path. I appreciate you asking about it. I I spent about thirty three, a little over thirty three years with the Macy's organization, and uh, I, I retired. I guess it was at the end of two thousand eleven. And the intent was really to, to get out and start my own HR consulting business. My brother was already doing that kind of thing. He was in Colorado. So that was the plan. The, uh, I, I got a call shortly after I retired. You know, I'd reached out like you do, networking, letting people know what I was doing. One of the people that I reached out to had worked for me her first year out of college. She was the senior, now the senior VP of human resources for the William Carter Company, you know, the baby clothes. I was going to say I Carter's, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I know and, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of people – and bought those clothes. Oh, yeah. So got a call from her that they had just got an approval from the board of directors to open a 1.2 million square foot distribution center here in Georgia. Uh-huh. And she needed somebody who knew HR. She needed somebody that also knew distribution centers. And would I be able to come down and help them on a, on a contract basis for two or three months to get things going? Right. I said, sure. It sounded great. I hadn't got anything going. So I came on down to Georgia by myself, left my, the wife and the grandkids up there in, in Illinois where we were at the time. And uh, came down, got started, and three months into it, they called me and said, hey, would you consider staying permanently? I, I fell in love with Georgia when I first got here. That, that was easy. So That's awesome. I grew up in Colorado, so uh, you know, we lived for probably 27 years of our married life in Texas, so I liked the South. So it was a good blend, and uh, I really liked the company. So we got that, got that distribution center up and going and, and uh, retired again. At the end of 2019, I'm, I'm starting to think retirement's not something I do real well. Yeah, <laughs> you're really bad at it. You're good at everything else. Well, hey, listen, good jobs have good people looking for them and vice versa. And I think you uh, you just explained that really well, to be honest with you. But now you're into consulting, relationship edge consulting. Tell us about that. So it's interesting. As I look back in, in how that 41-plus years of professional life went, the latter part of my career, particularly the last eight to nine years when I was at Carter's, I really started to pay a lot of attention to leadership and, and the impact that it had on results. And, and I'm a firm believer, results matter. They matter in, in business. They matter in your personal life. Results always matter. And, and having worked that long and for so many different people, I saw a lot of different styles. And I saw some that were very effective. I saw some that were very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I could see the difference in how different leaders impacted people and, and how they, and you know, 
leadership is influence and how they influenced right. them and, and, and how they really got them to perform and want to do what they were doing. So I really became pretty fascinated with that and and started to, I was always a good reader, liked to read a lot. And of course, with all this observation, I started to connect dots. I could see things that were related in, in terms of their, their leadership abilities, how they built relationships, how they talked with people, how they met people where they were. So as I started to put this all together, I thought, you know, there's, this is a lot simpler than people make it. And a lot of the problems that we run into as we're striving for results, you know, we might have the perfect market, market conditions. We might have all the resources we need, but there's just something that's keeping us from hitting on all eight cil cylinders. Right. And it, particularly as we opened the distribution center, you know, we, by the time we opened with about 20 people in leadership positions. By the time I left, we had people in about 100, 102 leadership positions. Wow. So we brought people in with a lot of experience. We brought people in with baggage. Um, so that's, that's 102 personalities. That's 102 personalities. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And, and those 102 personalities are leading a, at peak about 2,600 people. So there, there's lots of opportunity to do a lot of good. Um, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity to, to kind of mess things up. So mm -hmm. we worked really hard. The, my HR team and I worked really hard on trying to develop a base for leadership, a base understanding of, of what leadership meant, why it was important, and how they could best get, get the results out of their business. Right. And, and it came down to building relationships. And, and I've really come to understand, and it may seem obvious to some, but, but relationships are the foundation of everything we do. Oh, yes. And, and how do you build those relationships? How do you, how do you maintain those relationships? And, and how do you repair those relationships when you mess them up? Right. And that can be a double-edged sword. It can. It can make you. It can also break you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and it's, you know, as I look more and more at this, one of the things that I, sort of a, a phrase that I coined, all the relationships that you and I have and everybody else has, they all started exactly the same way. Yeah. And, and that's the acknowledgement of the other person's existence. That right. might be a nod, a wink, a wave, a greeting, a handshake. Something so simple overlooked all the time. Yes. Yeah. And that's where it starts. So one, one, of the, one of the things that we worked on the distribution center is, is often you'd have people in leadership positions go out on the production floor, and they might walk right, right by an employee and not, not acknowledge them at all. Right. Sends a bad message. And, and yeah, and that's what you feel like. Yeah. It, it leaves you're a, not even there. It leaves a gap in communication, right. and people will always fill that gap. Now, you're not going to like what they fill it with, but, but it's, but it's going to get filled, and they're going to assume, assume things about you that are probably not correct. So how, it was so important to make sure that people understood that's how, as human beings, we make connection. We start with acknowledging somebody's existence. And from there, the conversation, is, is, and, I'm, and I'm borrowing this from Susan Scott, I, I, one of the books I refer to often is, is uh, Fierce Conversations, and she talks about the fact that the conversation is a relationship. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you take the young man who's just married his high school sweetheart and looking forward to a great life, and they've... They've talked, and they're, they're ready to get married. They get married, and then he starts to find out that weekend after weekend, they're having the same conversations, and, and in his mind, he's thinking, we just talked about this last weekend. Can't we just put this on cruise control for a while? And when he, when he finally snaps to it, he realizes what I just said. The conversation is the relationship. That's how, right. that's how we keep things going. And, and so our world is changing. You and I are changing. It, we're changing all the time. 
And the only way that, that you and I recognize the change in each other is through the conversations that we have because right. it's, it's gradual, it's not observable. So being able to master the art of talking with one another and really understanding one another um, is, is an art. And, and it's something that we can work at, and, and there's lots of ways to go about that. But, but a lot of it has to do with listening and, and how we hear each other, what we hear. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot, large part of it sometimes is, is the conversations we don't want to have. The, the difficult ones are, are sometimes the most important. Right. Probably are the most important. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the difficult ones that, that really start to bridge the, 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 the differences that, that we experience through the changes that we go through. Right. And, and somehow we bring that back together. So if, if there's, and well, I say someone, everyone at one time or other struggles with this. I mean, we're human beings. They struggle to, to get the results that you want. You, maybe you're not communicating. Are there, are there common denominators? Are, are there red flags that go off that maybe we should all be paying attention to? Is, is it that simple? You mentioned it. It's simple. Is, are there, there red flags, common denominators that, that you see time and time again? Yeah, there are. And, and, and one of them is, is the listening. And, and sometimes we think we're listening well, but really deep listening is an act of surrender. True. Because in, in deep listening, when we really get there, we, we realize we might be changed by what we hear. Right. And, and being open to that, being vulnerable, um, is, is a problem for us sometimes. So that's, that's one flag. But, but the ability to continually revisit the topics that are important and, 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 and in doing that, Asking good questions. Um, I think men are particularly guilty of this, that, that when we confront a situation and, and we see a problem that we think might need to be solved, we, we want to solve it. We want to fix it. Uh, I, I can remember an incident with my wife, and, and we, we raised our grandkids, Taylor and Cassandra, and had come home from work one day, and Cassandra was in high school, and it was one of those kind of mother-daughter situations. Cassandra was mad, and Karen was mad, and and so she wanted to tell me what it was about. And so she launched into it. And boy, I could, I could see the solution. It was on the wall. And, and so I jumped in and she said, stop. Just stop. I don't need you to solve it. I just want you to hear me. Yeah, just listen. Yeah. I, I, well, I got to admit, I fall into that category. When someone is, is venting to me, I'm a problem solver by nature. Yeah. So I have to catch myself. I, I don't have to solve this one. Uh, so sometimes just listen. Right. Just, just be there. And, and that gets back to the acknowledgement. Right. Acknowledging that they have a situation, a problem, a frustration, whatever it may be. And you're right. That can be very hard to do. <laughs> it is very, difficult. very hard to do. Sometimes it's an ego thing. Sometimes it's just that drive to – your intent is good. You, you want to solve the right. problem. I right. get it. Make but, everyone feel better. Sure. Sure. But, but the ability to keep asking questions, and not to be prying, but, but to be interested in really understanding and let the person – and this is what I really enjoy about what, what I do, is let the person – solve their own problem. Right. Ask the right. right questions to get them to think, to get them to think about it. I'll share another quick story with you. I was at home uh, in Colorado this weekend, and my two brothers and I had occasion to sit in, which we don't often get to do, but, but sit and just kind of talk about it. And, and he was going through some issues. His marriage is good, but there were just some rough spots that were just, man, they were, you could tell it. He was, he was an emotional about it, and it was, was really hurting him. And he was willing to just say, you know, I don't know what to do about it, and I'm just going to have to live with it. So 
kept asking questions, kept talking to him. And one of the things he must have said it three or four times, he said, you know, she wants me to share my feelings and I hate sharing my feelings. Well, we got to the end of almost an hour and I said, you, know, you keep telling me you hate sharing your feelings, but you just spent the better part of the last hour doing just that. Doing just that. So what's the deal? Right. Um, and it was, it was cool because, you know, a couple weeks later I got an email from him and, you know, thanking us for the time, both of us for the time and said, he and his wife had just had the best conversation that they've had in, in the last several years. So he, he, he solved his own problem. I didn't tell him what to do. Right. It's just a matter of asking the right questions and being genuine and, and, and interested in, in understanding what, what lies at the heart of what they're concerned with. So, Steve, I got asked, do, do you actually enjoy doing this? I think I know the answer to that, but <laughs> are, are you enjoying this? I, I love doing it. That's I, awesome. There, there's nothing better than sitting down with somebody and having a, a genuine heart-to-heart conversation where both parties are willing to listen, both parties are willing to they, they acknowledge that they, they might be changed by that conversation, and, and, and we learn about each other, but we learn about ourselves in the process. And, and when you can see somebody, so, so that, that's the source of our personal power, is, is that self-awareness and understanding what I do well, what I don't do well, and, and how to get better at the things maybe I don't do well. When you get that self-awareness and, and, and you really take that attitude with your life, it, it's the one thing you have 100% control of in your life is your attitude. How you, how you approach things, you own that, and, and you can't blame anybody else. You can, you can take things any way you want to take them. True. But when you see True. somebody realize that, man, I, I, I can control this situation. I, I am in, I'm in control of my own life, and I kind of know how to go about it. And the, th- and the way to go about it comes very naturally to human beings. Mm-hmm. We, we just need to understand each other, talk, listen, and process. Take the time to do it. Yeah. The thing you talk you talked about being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable. I think that's huge. Yeah, for a lot of people, I, I got to admit, probably personally, that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, you, and it's it, it, more I think about it, it's actually silly, but it's true. It, allowing it yourself to be vulnerable. It is. We as human beings, we have a, a natural need to be right. And, um, and we spend, I mean, look at the world around us. You can watch the news and, and you can see how much time is spent on trying to persuade other people to our way of thinking. Right. And, you know, there, there are always competing realities and there always will be competing realities and, and, they're, not, and, and they're not really competing. They just exist. Mm-hmm. You know, you own, you own a part of the truth and I own part of the truth. So right. let's talk and figure out what to do. You don't see that much. No, no, you really don't. You, you just don't. Seems like someone has to always be right. Yes. Unfortunately. It's it's a win or lose thing. It's right. A, it's a competition. There, there's no gray area there. Right. Right. Well, now, Steve, how do the folks track you down? How do they get a hold of you? Well, the best way is to to go out and uh, on my email. I don't have a, a website at this point, um, but but the best way is to reach out to my email to switchery.rec, which is Relationship Edge Consulting, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And um, as I say on my business card, you know, conversation is the key. So let's talk. Let's talk. Let's just talk. Let's talk. I'm with you. That's uh, switry, S-W-I-T-T-R-Y dot R-E-C at gmail dot com. Steve Witchery with Relationship Edge Consulting. Steve, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Tom. I'm, look, I'm actually looking forward to maybe off air talking to you some more because, man, that's some cool stuff. Good. Well, let's do it. I, I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. John, are you still here? John, John, you out there somewhere? Yeah, I'm here. Here we are. Did you find the coffee? 
I found it. Yep, feeling good. They, they're, they actually had some today. Wow. John Parham, fish window cleaning. I have a feeling you own a cleaning company. <laughs> you got it. Yep. You're there. You have a really weird sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes people ask, um, hey, so uh, is that a pretty hard market to find enough, you know, aquariums to clean? Or wow. are you involved with, uh, you know, a radio station out of Atlanta and, you know, the those fi- types the of fish. things? Wow. Yeah. You see, I didn't go there. How about yeah. that? Wow. Wow. And I'm full of horrible jokes. Just <laughs> ask the producer. Real quick, what sets fish apart from, from other window cleaning companies? I imagine it's quite a competitive market. Uh, so yes and no. Um, I knew nothing about window cleaning before two years ago uh, when we started this out of Athens. So right. um, Fish, though, is a, America's largest window cleaning company. It's been around uh, since the 1970s. They're um, just at the 45-year mark, so I think it was 1978 when they started. And I felt comfortable starting something like that with the backing and support that they had where I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or figure things out the hard way. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the fact that there's 280 locations across the U S the fact that they've got 45 years of, uh, experience, uh, but also specific franchise support specialists that's dedicated to me and a, a larger team up at the corporate office that they're able to, Give me support and knowledge that um, that I need to serve my customers here well. They want to see you succeed. Yeah, it's a mutually beneficial. That's, yeah, <laughs> well, hey, that's nice to have people in your corner. Yep, that's right. Oh, my. So what drove you toward, uh, other than, the, I guess, the big support staff and, and the, the 45 years of they've, they know what not to do, so you won't do it kind of thing. What else drove you to, to window cleaning? Well, um, so my wife and I had uh, some savings that we were looking at maybe um, trying to open up a business. And uh, I've got two small daughters at home. My wife's a stay-at-home mom, and I, I couldn't fail at what I was about to do. So That's true. That's true. Looking into proven track record, proven success, it didn't really matter to me about the uh, type of business as much as the support, the proven success, a system that I could learn and follow, and then it, it would work for me too. Um, and so far it has, it's been uh, like a rocket taken off. It's been really exciting. We start, started in January of 21. Right. Uh, so we just hit our two year mark. And Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's about, um, you know, building a great team, uh, that I can't do it all myself. Right. right. So right. my philosophy when we first, so I went to a training school for a week in St. Louis as the home office and, um, not knowing anything about window cleaning was a little scary to come back and now, okay, you're in charge of everything. So sales, <laughs> payroll, window cleaning itself, uh, off, off you things, go. Right. Uh, but like I said, I had that support and, um, and it was, uh, needed and very well received and I, um, valued it, you know? So, but anyway, my philosophy coming back from training school was just, okay, I know I can't do everything in order to succeed. I'm going to try to hire for every position and then fill in where I can't find somebody at that right. time. Because so, you're the boss, man. Um, I did window cleaning. I did sales. I did admin work, accounts receivable, payroll, all the different things. And, um, you know, luckily now I'm so grateful to say that we have a fully staffed team where uh, we've got plenty of window cleaners and we've got a manager who takes care of the, the operation and 
somebody to do the training and somebody to do um, kind of the fixing if there's an issue. Problem solving, uh, yeah, <laughs> troubleshooting. I mean, there's going to be issues. Um, oh, yeah. We're all perfect and not, not perfect, and, um, you know, th- we're all going to make mistakes. We're not going to see um, every little thing every single time, even though we strive for it, you know. Oh, so when the sun rises the next morning and the windows don't look perfect, if, if we have the opportunity to fix it, we'd love to. Um, you, you have that customer, don't you? Every service business has that customer. Yeah. Um, I used to work for Chick-fil-A and, um, you know, that's kind of the service background from where I, you know, came and was trained in. And um, even there it was similar. You know, I can remember a customer one time uh, complaining to me about the type of lettuce and uh, it was just out of my hands. I mean, like. This is what they sent us. Yeah, it's not. This is what we're using. It's not the, (laughs) this is the recipe, you know, so. you know, we make sure that that lettuce is, is proper and cut properly, prepared properly. It's, you know, in good condition. But at the end of the day, like, that's what we're using for this recipe. So um, <laughs> sometimes you just got to smile and nod and um, do the best you can to, to do that. Yeah, this, this sandwich tastes too much like chicken. <laughs> I could actually hear someone saying that. I, that'd be... You never know what somebody's going to say. It's crazy. I think a giant congratulations on having a full staff. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, that is a giant hurdle. I hope you stay that way. I, I hope so too. Yeah, it's um, you know, so I did validation calls coming into fish. I, I called a bunch of different. I think it was seventeen different franchisees that I might have called more than any other person validating um, ever in history. But I just wanted to make sure it was the Absolutely. right thing, you know. And um, and the number one thing I heard was it's hard to find people. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's part of why I said, okay, well, I'm just going to try to hire for everything and fill in where needed. And mm-hmm. um, I think that helped. But I also think um, caring about the people is who they are, um, learning about their them and their families, having things outside of work if we can, or right. you know, making – um, stockings for Christmas time and having a little Christmas party or white elephant gift exchange, those types of things that help us, uh, be more of a tight knit group than, you know, just somebody who's a number or a cog in a wheel. Um, right. Just a number producing. in the system. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, like, like Steve said earlier in, in the broadcast, uh, just the acknowledgement mm-hmm. that they're, Oh, by the way, they're people. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah, I know they're an employee, but yeah, they're, 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 person. You know? mm-hmm. That can be easily forgot sometimes. Uh, this, uh, this is your first foray into owning a business. It is. A quote-unquote s- self-employed person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of being the business owner, but having the backing and support from a corporate office. That is very nice to have, but I'm sure, I'm sure you, uh, you make up for that. I, I'm sure that's not uh, free. Let's put it no, that way. yeah, I do pay uh, royalty fees. Yeah, you know, yeah. but that's worth but it's still it to nice me. to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You, um, you buy time and and what uh, you buy less stress. Right. So hey, if it's working, keep doing it. Uh, wow. Sorry, I got I got lost. Um, I, I'm loving the stories you guys are telling. So you've got different kind of services, and I, and I don't I, I forgive me. I know nothing about your specific services. You clean windows. Well, I, I know there's a lot more to it than that. Sure. Uh, that's yeah. a two-minute podcast, and we'd be out of here already. Are there are there different services? Uh, what are some of the services? Mm-hmm. And we're in the southeast, and and we get we can get four seasons in a day, <laughs> all four at least, in five or six seasons we don't even know about. 
So are there different services that you lean on heavier toward different parts of the, of the years, holidays, or, or summertime, back and forth? Yeah. So tell, some, tell us about those services. Because, you know, like I said, window cleaning, window cleaning. But there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. So before I got into this, you know, when I heard of window cleaning, I pictured the guys in the high-rise buildings. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. But our primary customer is going to be the Great Clips or the Papa John's, just the regular old window that you walk up to. That I got you. That manager or those employees either don't have the knowledge or the equipment or the desire or they time don't do it. to right. Right. take care of their own thing. And if they can pay us like they pay the landscaping company or whoever else to not have to worry about the windows, then we'll take care, take that off their plate and they won't have to worry about it. Gotcha. Uh, we also clean uh, houses, you know, big, bigger buildings too. But our primary customer, like I said, is that Papa John's great clips, just right. walk straight up to it and you don't need a ton of knowledge or experience, which goes to the training and the staff that we're able to have. Right. So, I don't need somebody who's really got a ton of experience in high-rise window cleaning or something. Um, I would actually more rather probably have somebody who doesn't have any experience and I can teach them as long as they've got right, a right. good attitude and able body and uh, they're professional and courteous and uh, customer service oriented, those types of things. Um, so you asked about our different services. So specifically for residential that's more of the seasonal type thing you know gotcha oh we've got uh family coming over for thanksgiving right. we got to have our windows good. clean it's gotta right? look good yeah it's gotta uh, look good and it's kind of a rush thing a lot of times um which that goes back to the customer you know like oh yeah uh, yes ma'am we can take care of that um <laughs> or yes sir we'd be happy to do that for you as much as we can you know I'm with you um but I'm able to plan a little bit better in the hiring, in the training, in the planning, scheduling for those that they just want it every two weeks or every month, and we don't have to rush or cram for something that was unexpected. Right, right. So what kind of sets us apart from our competition or from even other large window cleaning companies is we try to focus mostly on that commercial storefront glass. Gotcha. Right? So, um Papa John's isn't going to care whether it's January or July. They just don't want to have to worry about cleaning their own windows. And it's got to look good in the process. That's right. right. And, you know, as the end user, the pizza buyer, right, they, they're going to want to go in uh, to a store that's clean. And what's right. what's that say about the kitchen cleanliness exactly. if the store front is not clean, right. right? So the subliminal messages that you pick up as a customer, you never oh, yeah. really think of. Well, you, you only recognize it if it's dirty. Yep. When it's clean, they don't, they, you know. Yep. No one ever says, wow, your windows are clean. They, they wow, say, they're sparkly. Yeah, they say, oh, hey, your windows are dirty. They're yep. nasty. I'm no, going to go to another that's, restaurant. Yeah, that's, that's yep. the way it works. Nice. Yep. So how long does it take to do these things? Uh, it depends on the job. Of course. You know, so uh, for a house, it could depend on the size of a house, number of windows. You're getting ladders out, I would imagine. We use ladders, we use lower. poles. No, I mean, uh, three stories and under. So okay. most Base, houses basement are... Basement homes and below. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most most houses are uh, doable uh, I got you. with that. And we have specialized equipment, insurance, other things that protect us and the homeowner too. Have, have you broke a window? Can we say <laughs> we that? We have. We started... You're going to eventually, I yeah, gotta believe. We started uh, when we, we were open to the idea of cleaning storm windows. Let's put it that way. And we were... Um, trying it, going up the ladder with a drill in hand, 
taking out the screws. Right. Then you're carrying the ladder, or you're carrying the drill, the ladder, and the screws back down, trying not to break anything. Then you clean the window on the ground, and you've cleaned this glass that you're trying not to smudge or make an imperfection on that now you're carrying a drill and tr screws back up a ladder. What so could go wrong? The, uh, the storm windows, we, we stopped for that reason just because um, it was no longer worth it uh, <laughs> breaking <laughs> one or two for the for the homeowner or for us. to. But uh, outside of that, I mean, the equipment we use is uh, pretty dummy proof. It's safe and, um, you know, Luckily, we haven't broken any other kind of windows. Good, it's just the, good. You know, the more specialized things that we allow our competitors to have. I'll even hand them off to them sometimes. I've built those relationships where a customer will say, hey, can you do this? And we go to write the estimate. I say, I'm sorry we can't, but um, you know, I have a, a, a partner here that can right. happily take care of you. Yeah, storm. I, they still make storm windows. I remember those when I was a kid. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, some you, you build scaffolding for two days to, to clean windows for for an hour. That would that yeah doesn't quite work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd want to do that either. What else you got for us? Um, well, I mean, I would imagine there's some. Uh, if this is a business radio show, it I would is. imagine there's business people out there that you know might want something else to do, or they might just be curious about this idea of franchising. Uh, you asked if this is my first experience, and mm -hmm. it is. We've been doing it for two years. Um, I've been extremely pleased, uh, but I don't have anything to compare it to. I got you. So I have uh, previous business experience and restaurant experience, uh, but um, as far as working for a franchise, uh, this is a new thing. And uh, I have heard from other, when I did my validation calls to other franchises that I was looking at, um, I wasn't quite as impressed with even, you know, a corporate visit. Sometimes I would go to see what their operation was like. And, and I'm sure there are other great ones out there, but I, I can't um, sing enough praises for the corporate office at Fish and the, the proven system and um, support knowledge experience that I didn't have to have. Um, and I followed their system. My wife is still a stay-at-home mom. Congratulations. My, my daughters are still provided for and, and even better so than they were before which nice. um, i'm excited to be able to see and, and they can they can see out the windows at home right <laughs> i guess it's kind of like you a, have the uh, dirtiest windows <laughs> don't you because you don't clean your own uh i have before <laughs> but you know at the end of the day i probably um have dirtier windows than i'd like to admit you know i'm not doing that i do it all day uh, i have to do that John, I wish you a lot of success, man. I hope this goes on for another, what, 32 years. I don't know. That's great. Thank you. I'll be really old then. <laughs> John, thanks for being here. I appreciate the time. Yeah, man, anytime. I guess I'm listening for my music. Hey, there it is. There's the music. Folks, thanks for joining us. This is Business Radio X, Northeast Georgia Business Radio.